0: I'm Anna Marie Cox, and eat my hammer!
1: <laughs> Hi, I'm Daniel Dresner, and the only god we worship is Bao, and the only thing you say to Bao is, more please, nom nom nom.
0: <laughs> Welcome to Space the Nation, where we look at science fiction through the lens of...
1: Multipolar polytheism.
0: And Australian realism. Today we'll be talking about Thor, Love and Thunder. It is hot sci-fi summer. At last, Dan. Yes. At last. (laughs) It is also literally 105 degrees on my thermometer, like on my computer. Oh, God. Supposed to be 110. Tomorrow, hotter. So it is not science fiction, just how hot it is. It is science fact. It's
1: science fact.
0: Thank you very much. I will
1: say where I am, it is not quite that hot, but I am going to be traveling this week to Armenia, and it is very hot there. So, yeah.
0: Yes, but. Armenia. Very hot, fine, cool, summer destination.
1: <laughs> Armenia. There's a research reason for it, okay. well, I, w- I will get to it in a second, but... Before we get to that, we skipped a a week where we talked about becoming a patron. We might want to tell listeners it would be a good idea to become a patron.
0: Yes. Or at least otherwise
1: enjoy the podcast.
0: If you are not already a patron, please become a patron. It helps fund the show. It heaps uh, Karen's pup in kibble and funds Mm -hmm. his future, you know, doggy university education, whatever that Mm -hmm. might be. I hear he's also considering going to vocational school. But you know what? I support that. And I think that's, you know what?
1: The important thing is that Alwyn reaches his full potential. Yes. I think. Yeah.
0: And we need some more recent pictures of Alwyn, I think. That's true. To make sure that he's reaching his potential. That's a
1: good point. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But so if you want to become a patron for all these reasons, including getting episodes (laughs) early and becoming a member of our Discord, the place you would go to do that is patreon.com slash space the nation.
1: Also, if you can't become a patron for whatever reason, another great way to support the show, Cost You Nothing is to rate and review the show, tell your friends and neighbors about it, have someone else become a patron maybe. Or you can reach us via social media, most obviously Twitter. I am at Dan Dresner, and she is at Anna Marie Cox.
0: That is. I am. I am. I'm also on Instagram, which I don't think you are. but
1: No, I'm not. I've, I've not done the Instagram thing. It's true.
0: It is my only relationship to Facebook. I have considered getting off of it as well. But mm. you know what? Like, cute pictures of cute animals...
1: Whereas the only, uh, interestingly enough, I am on Facebook, but like I barely use it, but I am on WhatsApp, which is actually useful, particularly if you engage in international travel. Interesting. Yes.
0: You know, I had another question for you that did not involve what your social media use is. (laughs) Okay. Yes. (laughs) Which is, how are you, Dan? I'm good.
1: You know, I am about to travel again to Armenia. I'm actually going to engage in some track two conversations with Russian academics, believe it or not. So, you know, we will see how that goes. And uh, hopefully learn a few things from the engagement. Track
0: two discussions?
1: Yeah, so track two. Okay, so yeah, this is a little liar wonky thing. (laughs) Track one diplomacy is when you have official delegations from two countries meeting. So if like Secretary of State Antony Blinken met uh, Foreign Minister Sergey Lavrov, that's track one. Track 1.5 is sometimes like... Some official, some unofficial. Track two is when you just have private actors from both sides talk. And if that spills over into something interesting, maybe, you know, <laughs> officials are notified. Maybe not. We don't know. Is um, track
0: three, like, when total strangers get involved?
1: There is no track three. Like there is no track three. <laughs> <laughs> There's no track three. But you're welcome to think of, like, some fun. Track three is Dennis
0: Rodman. <laughs> track three,
1: yes. Track, track three God help me, Dennis Robin is actually side of track 1.5. But track 3, you know what, track 3 can be diplomatic fan fiction on it. That could be your next book project after the current one you're doing. Speaking of which, how are you?
0: I'm pretty good. You know, things here are not great, in Texas (laughs) specifically. Mm -hmm. But I had an amazing week. You know, there was the book, which we, Mm -hmm. I think, discussed pretty thoroughly. uh, And then (laughs) I had my... First ever op ed in the Times. Yeah. Thank you. I'm doing my
1: Kermit wuppet waving thing. Yes. Yeah. Uh,
0: which actually appeared in the paper Times.
1: Did it come out in the Sunday? Did it,
0: it came out in the Saturday. Apparently, Boris that's Johnson. Mm-hmm.
1: Pushed yeah, well, me aside. you can't. That's fair. By stepping yeah.
0: down, he pushed me aside, I guess. That's Just
1: once again, Boris Johnson treating another woman badly. That, <laughs> that is correct. Paper. That is correct. That is the theme, yeah.
0: Then I had a, another piece come out in nbc about how terrible tucker carlson is Mm. and most importantly i found out that my house's foundation while cracked Mm -hmm. is repairable and also the guy told me there are two kinds of foundations in central texas cracked and those that will be cracked
1: yeah so the state of the cox household is good
0: it's strong And as you know, I have two adorable creatures that live with me. And you made me disturb them in order to record this podcast to you, Anna. And
1: I have to say, (laughs) listeners, Anna sent me a picture of what she was getting up from bedwise in order to be able to actually record this. And I got to tell you, I don't know if I would have had the willpower to get up from that bed because there was an adorable looking dog and an adorable looking cat. It was it was it looked pretty tempting. They were
0: pretty. They're pretty. They're lights out after it being annoying very (laughs) for a while.
1: But Anna, it is hot sci-fi summer. It is hot sci-fi summer. summer. Let's get on kidding. with
0: Hot Sci-Fi yes. Summer. Today, yes. we're discussing Thor, Love and Sundry. It is Hot Sci-Fi Summer. Love and Sundry. Love and Sundry. It is Hot Sci-Fi Summer. We're talking about Thor, Love and Thunder. Why? Why?
1: On it, I think Hot Sci-Fi Summer, like Thor defines Hot Sci-Fi Summer. There is literally nothing hotter than a naked Chris on a screen. I mean, would that be a safe statement?
0: If. Chris Hemsworth was to be in Austin. Fair enough. I believe that would be hotter. Fair for enough. more than one person. But, yeah, me, I guess, yes. I would definitely find that to be... I
1: think you would find it. You would be eating popcorn along with Valkyrie and other Thorns. Yes, and Jane, yes, yes, um, I
0: enjoyed that. I did actually really enjoy that scene.
1: <laughs> it was yes, it was
0: it was it was a yes. goofy scene. This is a goofy movie.
1: It would be safe to say that both Anna and I like this film more than the critical reaction, which has been lukewarm at best to this, which I confess I find a little puzzling, but maybe it's I get the impression there's sort of some resentment against the m c u which has been yeah building up with critics and, like, this is the thing they can pick on, which I don't know why this and not The Eternals, but...
0: Oh, God, The Eternals, which I actually... I don't know. We didn't discuss it. I actually watched it not too long ago. It is bad. It is just, like...
1: It is a bad movie, and I say this as someone who stands Salma Hayek so goddamn hard that it was infuriating to me that she was in this film and it was so bad.
0: Yeah, it's a terrible movie, and it's not not even, like, fun bad. It's just, like, ponderous and wretched.
1: It's... What it is is uh, someone pointed this out. It's basically what if the MCU made a DC? Universe, yes. So. Well, you know
0: what that that, and that phrase reminds me. We've talked about it before on this podcast. Yes. But you know what? I don't regret bringing it up again because mm-hmm. that is a bad movie. This is not a bad movie. This, this is, is a not a bad movie. movie.
1: Yes. No. Enjoyable movie.
0: Before we get started, we do have to check in with our checkoffs. What's it? Which is the thing <laughs> that appears in the first act that probably is going to appear again. Yep. For you, Dan, what was that?
1: It's got to be Chekhov's daughter. I mean, literally, we see a daughter, we see Gore's daughter in the very first scene of the movie, and then goes away for a long time, and then reappears in the final. And she scene. goes
0: off, as yes. they say. Yes. Yes. yes, mine is related. I, I just have Chekhov's children in general, you mm-hmm. know, like where, yeah. who also go off. This is a kids movie, Dan. This is what it is.
1: I think that is a safe way of putting it. Yes, this is not <laughs> an ad- this is an adult <laughs> movie in some ways, but mostly it's a kids movie. Yes. All right. Okay, let's get to the story behind the story. Anna, I'm very eager to hear this, and I'm gonna award you bonus points. If you can somehow work in the Tycho YTT slash Rita Aura slash Tessa Thompson smoochfest that like social media was all like abuzz about a buzz about a year ago, if memory serves.
0: Yes, it was about a year ago, and I mm-hmm. know it was about a year ago because I had no idea what we were talking about. <laughs> so I had to Google it and I was rewarded, obviously. Had you, big,
1: did you remember this? or I you did a, not like, because it
0: was a year ago, which was the depths of my divorce, you may recall.
1: Oh, right. Okay, fair enough. So I
0: forgive myself for not okay, being on yeah. top of this. And now I get the joy of having seen it anew. <laughs> oh, good.
1: Good, good, good. There
0: hasn't been much commentary on this. Boo. I know. Waititi has said basically none of your business, which makes it sound more interesting perhaps than it even was. Yeah. Tessa Thompson said a little more recently, Dan... Yes. This idea that we're caught in some private salacious moment is just frankly untrue. If you look at those images, nowhere are our lips touching. Those are just my friends. They remain my friends. They were just my friends that day, and they continue to be.
1: Anna, I want to be friends with Tessa Thompson That's right huh?
0: <laughs> Basically, I think Taika is magic. That is what I believe. <laughs>
1: It's like Magic Mike. Yeah, it's magic Taika. he's magic. Yeah, yeah. For
0: instance, Chris Hemsworth was ready to give up the hammer after Age mm-hmm. of Ultron. Right. Then Ragnarok happened, and uh, Taika's movie re-engaged him. As of now, he is ready to appear in however many more Thors there happen to be. The end of this movie ended with Thor Will Return.
1: Yes, yes.
0: Natalie Portman also was uninterested in returning to the Thor franchise until she met with Taika.
1: <laughs> I, you know, somewhere there's going to be Taika fan fiction in which no, Taika meets some you know, Hollywood star, uh, like and like tempts them to appear in the so Thor movie. He has yeah. a
0: silver tongue. Yeah. yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah. There you go. This movie is supposed to be the '80s romance that comes after Ragnarok's '70s space opera. It's which is also,
1: by the way, one of the reasons why we yes. believe this was to be part of Hot Sci-Fi Summer. It, we were going for an 80s vibe with this, sum, this summer, and I think this film definitely fits
0: I was that. pleased by just how much uh, Guns N' Roses there was in it. Like, oh, it was a
1: good use of Guns N' Roses. Much good use. Good of use. Appetite for Destruction. Oh, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah.
0: It's also based on a run of Marvel Comics in which Jane does become Mighty Thor. I may have to read them. I do feel like that was a little fuzzy here. Yeah, I understand magic, Molnir, but yeah. there's—it's a lot is kind of hand-wavy, I think. Well,
1: I mean, actually, I, I thought that the film definitely handled it. I mean, like, the implication was Thor unwittingly sort of said to the hammer, look after Jane. That's the interpretation right. I
0: am Right. Okay, I guess actually the part that I find a little yes. more hand-wavy is, mm-hmm. yes, and she's like, she's... Okay. Uh, best not to discuss any of the science at all but, no so she's not. doing her as a physicist she's researching her own disease
1: right <laughs> okay look scientists do their own research all the time you know that that was totally believable. that was actually a book that of, was grounded
0: she sees a book of norse mythology among and, her yeah. other lab equipment <laughs> and reads up on it and decides to go visit Molnir, or was Molnir calling her that's Karen? fair.
1: That was that was a little vague. Um, I clear. grant you that there was some hand wavy stuff at that moment.
0: Then yes. she goes, "Okay, fine." She goes and it starts. And, and I kind of, it's okay. They didn't show it reassembling. Apparently, they did film a scene of it reassembling and her having a big superhero changeover. The part mm-hmm. that was actually that I'm curious about how the comic book may have handled it mm-hmm. is the explanation that Molnir was actually making her weaker.
1: Yeah, that didn't quite. Gi- we'll no. get to this in a, Yeah. That's...
0: <laughs> no, it doesn't make any sense at all. She was pretty
1: weak to begin with. That was the other part that, like, yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. I, good
0: movie, nitpicking. Only other thing I want to note is that this movie actually has a total of five Hemsworths, <laughs> three <laughs> Watitis, and three Portmans, as well as two Bales. And a the, partridge and a pear tree. And a partridge and a pear tree. <laughs> <laughs> the children of Asgard are basically. Are superheroes by you know our normal human terms? They are the children of celebrities, and also Luke Hemsworth plays Thor in the in the theater new, Yes, yes.
1: Opposite Matt Damon. Yes, yes.
0: Thor's daughter, Chris Hemsworth's daughter plays Love. Mm-hmm. Gore's daughter, his twins are then the children of Asgard. Two <laughs> of Natalie Portman's children are in the children of Asgard. Two Wakiki's uh, children are in the children of Asgard, and Christian Bale's son is also a child of Asgard. So, well done. okay, family affair. Yes. Now we do the thing where you talking about the plot. That's what's all going right. Let's get to the okay. plot. All right.
1: Okay. All right. Let's start with Act One. What if we out Pixar'd Pixar? Our story opens with some struggling protagonists. I just we got start- that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you would appreciate that one. He had to to sit on it for a second. Our story opens with some struggling protagonists. We start with Gore, who in a massive drought prays to his God for the sake of his daughter Love, and yet she dies less than a minute into the film, breaking Pixar's heretofore believed record of earliest killing of an important family member in a motion picture. I mean, I'm just going to applaud there. Like, that was... I almost laughed out loud in the theater. You know Pixar's
0: going to try to take that bet.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, they're, they're like, within 20 (laughs) seconds, they're going to try to pull this off. Anyway, Gore then stumbles upon his god in an oasis, who turns out to be a colossal prick. Tempted by the nearby necrosword, Gore embraces his newfound role as god butcher and vows to kill all gods. It's more of a mixed bag for Thor. He's worked off his Thanos weight and is fighting alongside the Guardians of the Galaxy, but to be honest, it's not really working out. The Guardians are all kind of sick of him. Even when he does fight, the collateral damage is often too great. Peter tells him he needs to find himself. They receive a distress call from Sif, who warns Korg and Thor about Gore the God Butcher and that his next target is New Asgard. Thor and Korg take Sif and head to New Asgard as well. Things are tough for Jane Foster as well. She has stage four cancer. That's not good. There are no more stages after that. She too heads to New Asgard, albeit because it's almost as if something is calling her there, although as Anna pointed out, it's a touch vague. Meanwhile, New Asgard itself has become a tourist trap under King Valkyrie, including more dramatizations of Thor's past, featuring the younger Hemsworth brother, Matt Damon, Sam Neill, and now, and I did laugh when I saw her first, Melissa McCarthy as Hela. Ana, is it me, or is the film somehow telling us we're supposed to approve of the Disneyfication of New Asgard?
0: I mean, have you been to a Disney property? I have indeed, (laughs) yes, yes. Where there are cruise ships, for instance, (laughs) and manicured streets? Yes.
1: There were multiple cruise ships. I did like that quick shot where you see, like, four cruise ships in New Asgard, yes. Yeah.
0: And um, I, of course, watched one of the YouTube breakdowns that I watch for these things. And they, they <laughs> broke down, like, who's on. It's like Asgardians that have died, uh, or actually. like okay. I mean, I appreciate the amount of detail that goes into these movies, I have to say. like Yeah, there's craft. It is a whole industry, these YouTube breakdowns.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's worth it. I don't know. People enjoy it. Craft, like you said. Yep. There's a level of detail and attention that... We've talked about a lot. That's what separates kind of good, bad from bad, bad. And almost any time you have someone willing to put in that level of detail, you're going to end up with something watchable. Mm -hmm. I feel like. Anyway, Jane looks pretty great for someone with stage four cancer. I would say, Dan, what do you say?
1: Uh, well, she has all her hair, which was a confusing <laughs> to me. I'm gonna Although they did kind of explain that in the sense of basically the cancer, once it was discovered, was already stage four. So she was only starting the chemo, I'm assuming. But like that seemed a touch.
0: She looks pretty great. Although yeah. like one of the breakdowns I I watched did note they don't really show her from the biceps down in those scenes yeah. because she got so ripped. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was going to
1: say, I, I, I was actually on the lookout for that. I was like, all right, did the like film the, the cancer scenes early, or, like, was it after? They just uh, yeah, don't, show, they, her they like, don't show her from, like, short sleeves yeah. down. She was wearing sweatshirts a lot. She wasn't, yeah, she was wearing a lot of baggy clothes, I think would be the way yeah.
0: to put it. There's a very important name drop in that mm-hmm. first section.
1: Oh, yes, yes. The moment when Jane Foster brings <laughs> up Event Horizon. Yes!
0: And Interstellar. And Interstellar.
1: Yes. <laughs> and I did think Stella of you when but, I saw that.
0: I love yeah. it. That I think Event Horizon was first. She's like, well, have you yes. seen Event Horizon? <laughs> yeah. Yes! Yes!
1: Event Horizon pioneered that. Like, Interstellar did rip that scene off blatantly from Event Horizon and didn't name-check Event Horizon.
0: That's right, that's so, right.
1: So, that's it, right. Event Horizon earned that mention, is what I would say.
0: I believe so. Yes, yes. I
1: did, And I did like it where, like, that scene ends with her saying, go see Event Horizon and Interstellar. You know, yeah, so like, go, uh,
0: but yeah, Event Horizon. She yeah. okay. doesn't put it that way, but I would have been, like, see Okay, that let's that.
1: move on to Act 2, some hot Thor on Thor action. <laughs> Thor
0: arrives Not in as New hot Act. as it could have been. <laughs>
1: <laughs> True. Grant you that. Thor arrives in New Asgard just as Gore starts. Yes, yes. Thor arrives in New Asgard just as Gore starts attacking the town with shadow creatures. He is surprised to find Jane looking pretty damn buff and blonde as Thor with a reconstituted Mjolnir. Jane, Thor, Valkyrie, and Korg all fight Gore and his shadow creatures. They thwart Gore, but he escapes and, in the process, kidnaps a lot of Asgardian children, including Heimdall's son. Well. Birth name Astrid now named Axel, which I did again I love that. Yeah. Axel is able to communicate with Thor much as Heimdall was able to, and he deduces that Gore has taken the children into the Shadow Realm. Seeking reinforcements, Thor, Jane, Val, and Korg head to Omnipotent City to recruit other gods to fight Gore. We also they really see... missed
0: a needle drop there for Paradise City, by the way.
1: That was true, yes. That would have been good. They should have just called it Paradise City. Why didn't they do that? That yeah, that's bad. I mean, I did like Omnipotent City and just as a god
0: thing. Although, I mean, it's hard to say. Omnipotent City. Yes, It sounds like one word. It sounds like you're describing a state of omnipotence.
1: That's true. We also see during this journey that while Jane is Thor when she wields the hammer, her cancer is still quite present, and it seems Mjolnir ain't helping much with that. The trip to Omnipotent City does not go well. The Olympian god Zeus is unwilling to help, suggesting that Gore has only killed minor gods and won't be a problem if he can't get to eternity, which is where he could potentially wish all gods dead. So Zeus has Thor captured, forcing the group to fight off his minions while Thor is super naked. <laughs> Zeus injures Korg and in Not anger... Not naked
0: enough, but okay, <laughs> sure. He was totally <laughs> naked,
1: the camera just wasn't focusing on the right okay, parts.
0: Okay, okay, okay. Yes, <laughs>
1: Zeus injures Korg, and in anger, Thor impales Zeus with his own lightning bolt, which Valkyrie steals during their escape. Anna, I think we need to talk about Russell Crowe's performance as Zeus, which belongs in the dictionary under the word hammy. Because in my notes, I do have literally what the fuck is up with Zeus's accent. Because was it me, or did he sound a little like Mario from Donkey Kong? He was like, oh, Thor, why are you so upset? I mean... it was Posted weird. It be
0: a Greek accent?
1: Yeah, but it wasn't. I'm sorry. My, <laughs> By it, the way, me, I just it have was, to sneak in here.
0: Yeah. Take yeah. me back to omnipotent city where the, girls <laughs> the girls Where ready. the
1: gods are green and the boys are you know, right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Okay, someone just pick that up. Run with it. That's yeah. for free. Yeah.
1: Write the, rewrite the lyrics.
0: Yeah. He's having a blast.
1: Yes, he is. Yes. You,
0: you have to admit. And again, Oh, no,
1: that's... Yeah. Something it's like that the Jeff Goldblum
0: the you good know, bad from bad bad right yeah, Is like yeah. how much fun were the act could you have a sense of how much fun were the actors having yeah in this particular case he may have been having too much fun This was I, it's enjoyable like i i mean i laugh it is enjoyable
1: but <laughs> let's just in defense of the critics i understand a little bit like in some ways that like we talked before in the firefly episode about how the mcu has sort of appropriated joss whedon's yeah. language they also have appropriated very often his ability to go from, like, light comedy to pathos very quickly. Yeah. And the thing about this film, which is a little weird, is that, like, there are times where, like, okay, this is goofy and I'm enjoying it, but it's a touch too goofy at times. Yeah. And, like, the omnipotent city scene was like, yeah, this is super goofy.
0: It, It's a weird... I agree. Yeah. One thing I will say about this movie Compared to uh, Ragnarok, is that I do not think it will hold up on repeated viewings, which yeah. I think Ragnarok does.
1: Ragnarok does. Ragnarok's a fine film, and like I, that, I think as we said, the, I think the other thing that is driving the critics is that Ragnarok was a shock. Like it, it was very different, and it was funny, and it was tonally consistent. Whereas this is a little more uneven, I
0: guess. Yeah, mean. and I think I think Ragnarok the pathos is not as strong right like it's yeah. also all undercurrent of pathos and also Mark Ruffalo does an amazing job because he's like the tragic figure in it right, right like right. and he's such an amazing actor and y- yeah. you feel the sort of and, and he gets to be sort of like the, you know what have I lost mm-hmm. and Thor is the comic relief right? Yeah. Um, it's funny that actually yes Hulk is actually the dramatic character <laughs> <laughs> and Thor is the comic relief in that movie yes. and in this movie it is wildly off balance right yeah. You have this very goofy set of characters, including Korg and Thor, right? And then you have children in danger of dying.
1: Right. And you also have Christian Christian Bale. Bale, (laughs) Christian Bale is a lot of things, but goofy is not a word you will ever associate with Christian Bale. And in some ways, it's a credit to both him and I guess the filmmakers that it works as well as it does, because it really shouldn't. It it
0: shouldn't work at all. I actually think the scene where he tries, where he sort of like does a bad job of reassuring the children almost yeah. like that's actually funny. Yes. You know? Yes. Like, cause what that scene communicated to me and I do think it's a credit to, to Christian Bale is yeah. that this guy who used to love his own child has right. become a monster and he's not yeah. quite aware of what a monster he is. Yes. He does not see the distance he's traveled from loving father to monster. Right. Mm. I almost wish there was a little more of that. Like,
1: I will say the film was economical in sort of setting up Gore's backstory mm-hmm. and why he was driven to what he was to do what he did. But I think in some ways the ending would have been more plausible or more earned if like at some point along the way you have at least he has some recognition of who he is now. And it does like
0: one do more scene yeah. like that where he realizes, oh, what have I, what have I become? Or kind even just like-, like, yeah,
1: like the children could have told him, like Axel could have told him, you're. What are you doing like you know like if you're you're doing
0: that because you lost your daughter why are you killing all of us you know or at least threatening all of us right yes yes we texted about this it is amazing that christian mail and chris emsworth are just in the same movie right they're just like both there
1: (laughs) you You do not think that's gonna work under any (laughs) circumstances yeah
0: Yeah. i will say that i watched a youtube video of chris emsworth's training regimen for this Uh movie Yes. And it is just as extreme as anything Christian Bale has ever done. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, If not more so. It's insane. Yeah. Like, I, I mean. Which is,
1: I, again, this goes back to Taika Waititi, but like the fact that he's willing to do this again and again and again to appear as Thor props to him for that.
0: One of the funniest parts is that he eats, I guess, over 4,000 calories a day when he's training like that.
1: Oh, my God. Wow.
0: And he's there's this one scene where he's like, I'm gonna throw up, I can't eat anymore <laughs> <laughs> And his trainer's like, Gotta eat you know? Oh wow, that's brutal. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, like we've just I think we discussed this briefly about when we were talking about being in incredibly cut shape. A couple. Who were we talking about the couple? Oh, um. Chris Pratt, was it? No, it was Jim from The Office and.
1: Oh, Emily. John Krasinski and uh, Emily Blunt, yes.
0: Yeah, yes, and yes. how, like, it, it, what a terrible mood you'd be in all the time if you had to stay like that. So, yeah. Well, I,
1: I, so this, this is interesting because you know who Chris Hemsworth's uh, wife is? It's Elsa Pataki or Pataski. She is a Spanish model slash actor. She oh. was in the Fast and Furious films. Oh. So, uh,. Oh. Well, but but like, that's,
0: is she more just genetically best, or is she, like, built?
1: That's an interesting question. I'm going to assume it's genetics for the model thing, so... Yeah. Yeah, maybe, yeah, yeah. But yeah. still, I'm sure...
0: I mean, look know. at their children. I mean, look at the... I mean, the girl is, like... That's a pretty cute ...an girl. angel. Yeah. I mean, yeah. she's very... It I mean, was
1: good casting. Let's you know that how
0: out. I hate child actors.
1: That's true. If, <laughs> and children
0: saying, so, in general. Yes, and, yeah, and this works for you.
1: That's a good point. <laughs> that is a good point, listeners. You could tell this movie is good because... The children of the MacGuffin and Anna is fine with that. Yep. Like, yep. which was not always the case. So yeah, it was rarely the case, in fact. So yes, The last thing right.
0: I wanted to point out, actually, about sort of how much fun Russell Crowe was probably having is that mm-hmm. both Peter Dinklage and Jack Goldblum filmed scenes. For oh, this. for this. Apparently oh, but- for fun, you Aww. know, like they'd wind up using them. I mean, I yeah. would have liked to have seen those part of me is like Uh, hopefully we will at some point yeah I'm sure they'll be in the in the DVD thing yes so we should probably continue
1: yes All right. let's move to act three the black and white realm armed with Zeus's lightning bolt but with Korg reduced to his face the group (laughs) travels to the shadow realm Along the way, Jane and Thor make up and make out, and Thor also tries to reassure Stormbreaker that he's over Mjolnir. The Shadow Realm is black and white and has traps all over. Jane intuits that Gore wants Thor to attack so he can steal Stormbreaker and use the Bifrost to get to Eternity. Gore overpowers Thor's group and steals Stormbreaker. The God Butcher uses Stormbreaker to open the portal to eternity. Valkyrie is badly injured, and Foster ends the battle very drained by her use of Mjolnir, with one more such use likely to hasten her death from cancer. Thor takes them both back to New Asgard so they can be treated, and begs Jane to stay behind while he takes Zeus's lightning bolt to fight Gorr. Jane keeps trying to come up with a catchphrase to use as she's fighting. What would your catchphrase be?
0: <laughs> yes. let me take you to funky town <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I almost want you to get into a fight that is filmed just so you can say that line but that's, that's pretty good
0: Thank you. that's pretty good thank you that's i good. came up with it by myself <laughs> okay. yes dan
1: okay this is a little more in jokey but you know for as an academic but time to go reviewer two on your ass <laughs>
0: that's so
1: okay do you know what reviewer two is
0: i assume it's bad i don't yeah, know
1: yeah so reviewer <laughs> two is a, it's a joke among academic twitter and and academics more generally when you submit <laughs> I an article one. ready sorry okay yeah yeah yeah
0: Time for orals.
1: (laughs) Ooh. I don't know. That sounds a little... That's like a Charles Boyle line from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. That's like... That that way... That's not good.
0: (laughs) All right, reviewer two, reviewer two, reviewer two. Reviewer
1: two. So the idea is that if you're an academic, you submit a paper to a journal, you get referee reports. And the joke is always referee one is, you know, usually, like, supportive and, like, this is a good paper, just make these few tweaks and you'll be fine. But reviewer two is always the asshole. Reviewer two is, like, you need to, like, rebuild this paper from the ground up or, like, here's why I'm going to reject it. It's just very nasty. And so reviewer two is always the villain in the peer review process. So, yes, I'm saying if I was, you know, I'm going to deconstruct whoever I'm fighting. So you punch so here is it.
0: also like, it's time for peer review.
1: <laughs> no, I'd be like... Oh, I'm going to revise and resubmit your ass. Yeah. That, would, that, that would be There better. you go. Actually, oh, I like yeah, that. That's See? good. Yeah. I
0: like that. Yeah.
1: That's you had works. To put
0: your ass on it, too. That's it's a little better. Revise that, and resubmit, resubmit your ass, man. Yep,
1: yep. No, that works better and it's less in jokey. So, okay. You're right. I'm going to go All with right. that. Okay. All right. <clears throat> Let's get close. To the movie, uh, Act 4, <laughs> Let a Hundred Thors Bloom. So, Thor goes to the center of the universe to fight Gore at the Gate to Eternity. Gore uses his power to conjure up the shadow creatures. Thor uses his power to imbue the kidnapped as guardian children... And their weapons with the power of Thor to fight alongside him, the child soldiers, and that's what they are, (laughs) you know. Then defeat the shadow creatures using empowered toys and stuffed animals, which was actually a delightfully giddy scene. That actually is the one scene where I like. They finally sort of combine all the discordant tones, and it actually works. That that actually was the best scene for me.
0: It does, and actually, because at first you're like, no, 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 they can't actually. This is this is a this is a bit about how dumb Thor is, right? (laughs) Yeah that he would be yes. telling these children to fight. Right. And then it turns out no, like
1: it, it actually works. And again works. that shot of that one child with the stuffed bunny like screaming and like, you know, the bunny is like <laughs> killing the shadow Shooting lightning really bolts well. out of its eyes. Yeah. yeah. It worked really well. Yeah. Jane can feel gore getting the best of Thor and risks her life to use Mjolnir and get to the fight. Once there, Jane corrects Gore that she is not Lady Thor, she's rather Mighty Thor and Dr. Jane Foster, thank you very much, and destroys the Necrosword. But not before Gore manages to get to Eternity. Admitting defeat, Thor persuades Gore they really shouldn't have made all these names to rhyme, I'm just <laughs> gonna say that right here that what he really wants from Eternity was not to destroy the gods, but to get his daughter Love back. Eternity grants Gore's request to revive Love whom he asks Thor to take care of before he dies from the effects of the Necrosword. Jane succumbs to her illness, dies in Thor's arms, and enters the gates of Valhalla. The children return to New Asgard, where Valkyrie and Sif begin training them for combat. Meanwhile, Thor, now in possession of Mjolnir again, will try to have it all. He <laughs> can conti- <laughs> Yes. He continues to go to different realms to help people, while also raising love, now wielding Stormbreaker, by his side. Anna, do you think Thor will be a good dad or a bad dad? And more importantly, how do you feel about the great MCU Ted Lasso convergence during the mid-credits sequence?
0: He's here. He's there. He's every (laughs) fucking where. (laughs) Roy Kent, man. I think I'm like a great Hercules. I assume he'll be a different character. But you have to admit the idea of a Roy Kent Hercules <laughs> is pretty great. Like, were there to be kind of a through line between the characters. Let's I, I Fred think Fred Goldstein, Goldstein is, is probably a good actor. enough yeah. actor. He's going to, it'll be different. He'll it doesn't have to just be Roy guy, Kent. But,
1: but, I, but you hope there's a little bit of that snarl there. Like, I mean, and I'd say even in the very, like, ten seconds we see him in this movie, it does seem like he might be able to add something to the character. Yes,
0: One hopes. Yes. Uh, as far as the dad parts go,
1: mm-hmm. Dan,
0: you are the dad.
1: I am the dad, that's true.
0: So, I kind of want you to tell me. I will say that my understanding of parenting, which is very removed from experience. (laughs) I mean, I have my fur babies, but I hate it even when people call pets fur babies. Like, it is a very emotional experience having pets, but it is not having a goddamn other human (laughs) being. True, yes. But my understanding is that a sense of humor and a sense of humility are two real important things in raising children. Thor hmm, just now, kind of discovering those things about himself.
1: Yeah, let's put it this way. So first of all, you are correct in your punch. Parenting, if nothing else, strips whatever hubris you have about how you're going to be a parent and just throws it out the window. You know, if you don't have a sense of, like, humility about raising children, then you will not do a good job. It will kick your ass. I will say that, like, based on the last scene, it does seem like Thor might be. He, he's going to be a fun dad. There's no denying that. I think the tough thing for him is going to be what are the boundaries. Of I was about to say, yeah. <laughs> you know, because let's face it, for love, like the boundaries are a little different than like, you know, raising a child in New Asgard or for that matter. In, Since you know, she New York. appears
0: to be a god herself. Right. Right. So, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. who's going to enforce curfews?
1: Mm-hmm. with a lunch. little tricky i mean she can always use stormbreaker it's it's gonna be it's gonna be tough
0: i will say that just so based on my experience as being a daughter
1: mm-hmm.
0: it can work out pretty well if you have a dad that just is trying to like treat you as only way they know how
1: mm-hmm.
0: and that's sort of what it, which is to say, like, just dealing with you as another human being, right? Because yeah. that's actually what happens in that scene, is he's not talking down for, like, a child. He's just, like, no, he's doing talking his to her, best yeah. to negotiate with her. Which <laughs> like- is how...
1: By the way, that is 95% of parenting, just to be absolutely clear. The other thing is, and I will say, like, if there has been a through line for Thor's films in the MCU, it has all been about what is his purpose. And he mm-hmm. tends... He, he's, like, been adrift. There's no other way to put it. Yeah. And being a parent does kind of force you to realize, or it forces you to put your priorities in,
0: in order. The other thing I'll say for Thor, and this is also just Chris Hemsworth's charm. Yeah. So it's funny. Like, one of the things in, in the insider YouTube pieces and whatnot is, I guess, something that Marvel must have put out is, like, this is a movie about whether or not gods can love, which is mm-hmm. bullshit. Because Thor's always been loving. Like, that's yes. actually... One one thing that that I think Hemsworth has brought to the character is that he loves Loki. He loves his parents.
1: Yeah, he loved Jane. Uh, that, he loved this is actually this was a weakness of the film, and that the, the yeah. film starts with Star Lord telling him, "It's better to feel shitty than to feel nothing." And I'm then, like, when did Thor feel nothing? That made it, no sense to me whatsoever. I, I, Thor I was the most emo it sets up a of great all the line, gods. line,
0: right? Yeah. which yeah. is his like, "I want to feel shitty with you," or something. Right? Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. But, but it's
0: but it's not true.
1: Yeah, that's I mean, Thor has been a lot of things. Unfeeling is not one of them.
0: He's yes. a total mush ball. Exactly. Like, is, that's one of the things that makes him a fun character, right? right. Is that he's very much in his feelings. Yes. Like, yeah. <laughs> and I think also that bodes well for being a dad, too. That's is true. that, like, I think his relationship with Loki, What's what one, of the, I mean, Cam Hiddleston is also great, but one of yeah. the things that makes that relationship so funny is that It's Thor constantly putting out, like, I want to be your brother. I want to love you. I want to have you in my family. Like, I forgive you. (laughs) And Loki
1: constantly pulling the football away. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Right, right, right. And I think that that's very dad energy.
1: Right. No, let's put it this way. Thor will do many things as a parent that will probably be wrong to love. But one of the things he's not going to do is tell love to walk it off. Or, you know, to just, like, bury her feelings. That's not going to happen as Thor
0: If anything, he'll just be too – he'll not have great boundaries, right? And he'll allow her to do – too many things and maybe do th- some things that are dangerous, but she's yeah. a god. She and is a so, god, so that,
1: again, this is where things get tricky, so we will have to see how this plays out.
0: Yeah, and you know what? Somebody did a good job, like, you know, did a pretty good job like, Odin did a pretty good job of raising Thor.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right? So I yeah. think, like, he's got a good dad. I mean...
1: He's got good he's, role models, or he had good, good role and
0: His mom was also pretty great, too.
1: That's true. His mom was fantastic.
0: So, I don't know. I, I feel good. I feel all, I think, okay. the two best dads... I mean, Tony Stark turned out to be a good dad. I was going to say Tony that, Stark was a great dad, yeah. But Cap also probably, you know, would be a good dad. Yeah, Cap would dad. be a good dad. The yeah. timelines, I think. Did they have kids? Did they?
1: Ironically, did they? the one character we know is who's a dad before is Hawkeye. And I'm not sure how great of a dad Hawkeye's been.
0: I agree on that.
1: <laughs> it's a little tricky. Yeah.
0: He seems kind of closed off and yeah. like, you know... Also, he's
1: like constantly... He, Hawkeye can't have it all. That's been the problem for him. Let's face it. All
0: right. Speaking of having it all, Dan. Yes, Anna? Is there IR in this movie?
1: Anna, if it's true that once you blade, you never fade, then it is also true that once you look for IR, you never lose your radar, because (laughs) there is indeed international relations in this film. And I am not apologizing for the cheesiness of that line, because have you watched this film? I mean, it fits right. This is the vibe of Thor Love and Thunder. I'm sorry. Yeah. So I think there are two levels of, of IR in this film actually. The first is New Asgard as a new country. And I will say, like, the justification that you can have for why Valkyrie goes the way she goes as king of New Asgard is that we see her doing her darndest to meet and greet foreign dignitaries and become an attractive tourist site for everyone. And if Which you think about it, it
0: would be succeeding.
1: Yeah, and that makes sense. Like, if you're going to be a new country, you want to reassure everyone that you're actually, like, don't have revisionist names, that you want to play nice with others. Disneyfication works there. That actually is a good way of signaling that. And so, I, you know, I approve of Valkyrie's mode of governance. So nice job, Valkyrie. Keep keep it up. The more substantive IR, I would say, is the relationship suggested between gods and peoples and between the gods themselves. So it seems for lack of, a way of putting it that the gods have a non-aggression pact with each other zeus explains when they're an omnipotent city that they only watch over their own peoples which is super convenient for exploitation i'm just going to point out because if the gods have a non-interference doctrine with other realms on the one hand that makes some sense on the other hand as we saw in the film and as we potentially would know in mythology Gods can exploit the living hell out of their subjects, and so like this might not be great for the peoples. <laughs> and so the other thing is that you know this sort of approach. I think it's per- true
0: if gods do exist, they do have a <laughs> they do have a non-aggression pact with each other. I think that's clear.
1: Yes, exactly. Super convenient <laughs> for exploitation. Also prevents the gods from cooperating from external threats. I mean, there's a reason why they can't get their shit together and deal with the god butchers. So you know that was there. That said, it does seem like a realist paradise because this is, in some ways, the utopia for realism. The utopia for realism is that each great power ignores other realms; they get to do whatever they want in their own their own world, and they won't gang up for any reason whatsoever. That is the Napoleonic Ultra of realism, is what I'm going to say.
0: There's always a god butcher, though.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> always going to be a god butcher in that. It real does mean experience. that they're
1: not going to be able to to create, con- you know, respond to common threats, and this is where realism occasionally falls down because it has no answer to this so yes all right but Anna, it, it's time for me to ask you an important question
0: no oh, what is it dan
1: is there a critique and i'm going to underline the word critique of capitalism in this film
0: dan you are not like the other gods i've killed <laughs> The critique of capitalism in this movie is probably buried under the tourist trinkets at New Asgard. (laughs) Or maybe it's all around, like the gouts of molten gore that spring from slain gods. okay. Now, you have to admit that the idea that a god bleeds gold is a potent one in a movie about the value of gods. Fair enough. In a movie about whether we're supposed to care whether or not gods live or die. Hmm. Certainly it's inappropriate for a Marvel movie to posit that gods are in fact capable of love and <laughs> made of gold at the same time. Because <laughs> Marvel needs us to believe that gods can love us back. Uh, or else we'll see that we're just worshiping gold.
1: In some ways that's that's come up a little bit in the Ms. Marvel show, actually, also.
0: Uh, have you been watching that? I guess you have.
1: I have been watching it. It's been actually it's been quite good, I would say. And in, in the thing that I like about Marvel is always meta, but Ms. Marvel mm. is particularly interesting because both in the comics but also in the show, this is a character who worships, you know, worships the superheroes and like does cosplay and all of that and then becomes a superhero. And so it's an interesting observation on that. But yes, I actually thought the Ms. Marvel actually also has some real IR in it because it goes back to the partition between India and Pakistan. And there's there's an, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, because Ms. Marvel is watch it. yeah, it's worth a gander. I would say. That. You
0: know, just to, before we <laughs> before we move on, I guess I'll just yeah. bring up something else wildly out of, of what we've been talking about, which is mm-hmm. Moonhaven. Have you seen that yet?
1: No, I have not. Uh, have you?
0: I think we maybe should talk about it, depending on how long. But you should check it out. Check it out, listeners, too.
1: Right. It's
0: a. I would be curious about the IR commentary you'd have because the idea is. I've seen so the
1: trailer far, for it, so yeah. Like that, and that intrigued me. I was actually going to ping you about it. So yeah.
0: So the in two episodes I've seen only two episodes. They have so far the Mm -hmm. idea is the earth is you know fucked whatever Mm -hmm. so they've sort of set up this like petri dish for humanity on the moon where Mm -hmm. everything is awesome Mm -hmm. or it looks to be awesome interesting and it's run by a benevolent ai
1: Okay.
0: You know, we we know we're in trouble whenever we say benevolent AI. Yes, exactly. Then the idea, but see, the thing is the only thing is the hurdle of of disbelief that you need to leap in order for the show to work is that the idea is that these humans that have been raised in this Petri dish of goodness Mm -hmm. are going to come back to Earth and teach us how to be better.
1: Oh, okay.
0: They're going to bring new technology with them as well. Like, that's the thing. That's the other thing that's been developing in this Petri dish is like. Hmm. What if we're all our best selves and we have these great inventions and now we're going to do like a foreign exchange student program?
1: That kind of sounds like the end of the children of children of men, where there's like the human fund or something or like yeah you know, yeah it's
0: I we'll see
1: Okay. You know we'll
0: think about it uh, all right oh but wait wait oh my god oh. I spoke too soon
1: <laughs> oh my god it's pieces of Mjolnir. Ah!
0: It's the debris field where we talk about stuff we haven't already talked about. I actually generally don't have much, but Dan, what about you?
1: I've got a fair amount, actually, I think. So not huge things. First of all, again, one of the subtly funny things was the idea that Stormbreaker was jealous of Mjolnir. Mm-hmm. And the way they shot that was very clever. Like, there's actually a shot where like Mjolnir, like Stormbreaker, sort of comes in from the, the yeah. right of the screen, and I did laugh uh, at that. I also liked speaking the '80s revival. The rom com recap mm-hmm. of Thor and Jane was actually pretty amusing and and well done. As a an ardent user of the four color pen, I was very happy to see Jane Foster using a four color pen at one point. So just you know, gonna do that. A few other things. This is gonna sound really obscure, but like when they're on the boat, when they're on Valkyrie's boat, I looked at one point and there was the bar's name was Cocktails and Dreams. Was that a cocktail reference? Did I did it you is. catch that too? It is. Okay. No, it's
0: there. It's there. Okay. It, it is the and that same was neon like, sign, as far as I know, from yeah, the Tom Cruise movie. Tom
1: Cruise film cocktail. Like because I remember it, I was like, that that was just sort of like out of left field, and I I did laugh when I saw that. Again, the goofiness quotient in this film is high. But like any movie that has someone say, today we are space Vikings, you know what? Asking for like, you know, like gritty realism there, you're pushing too much.
0: Have you read about Child Soldiers? I actually read a hugely depressing book about Child Soldiers once.
1: (laughs) I have colleagues who have done research on Child Soldiers. So, yes. uh, And it is uh, incredibly incredibly distressing.
0: But I want to – that's a mark of how – well done, the movie is. <laughs> yes, that like
1: as I'm watching this, I was having two reactions yeah. to that final scene. I was like, on the one hand, this is adorable, but then the IR person in me was like, so this is really ending with child soldiers? But they pull this is it ending off! with four recruiting child soldiers. Right, but child soldiers tends to be not really, t- really, really bad. It
0: tends to be bad. It tends to be sad. Yeah. It tends not to go well, but somehow it kind yeah. of works here. More power okay. to him.
1: Fair enough. Two last things. First, I don't know how to put this, but like, I was intrigued at the notion that when Jane turns into Thor, she also turns blonde. And I'm not sure how I feel about that. You know.
0: It's, yeah, it's blonde highlights, I guess. I don't know. She Are also gets taller. Blonde. I don't know if you noticed, but she's taller. Oh, I
1: didn't notice. The boots, I'm assuming, maybe like. But like the, when the they have her stand there. next yeah.
0: to Tessa Thompson, like she's yeah. like taller than Tessa Thompson. Oh, yeah, yeah, but, like, we I... haven't mentioned Tessa Thompson, who is, as usual, adorable oh, yeah. and it's, it's, fun and all yeah. of the good things in this movie
1: right i think in some ways she's good in this there are ways in which i think she was it's not she was better in ragnarok she got to have more fun in ragnarok and also be more morose because she's drunk most yeah exactly and there's no arc here so that was part of it and then finally the after the final after credit scene we see jane enter valhalla we get to see heimdall which was lovely shout out to Idris elba which was lovely but i kept wondering who else is in valhalla at this point like is tony stark in
0: valhalla because he
1: did die in battle.
0: This is actually a good question. This is another thing that the nerds talk about in the YouTube. Ah, YouTubes, fair yes. Which is that it's been established that Marvel has multiple afterlife realms. Mm, interesting. There is the Plane of the Ancestors.
1: Ah, okay.
0: From Black Panther. There uh-huh. is the Egyptian afterlife in ah. Moon Knight.
1: In Moon Knight, yeah.
0: And then there is this. Mm, so point. what's interesting about this is that this is where Jane ends up.
1: Well, it makes sense that this is where Jane Right, is. I mean, because she yeah. was Thor, I guess, right? But she like was Thor, every, yeah. But
0: it's like every culture has their own. So That's I'm true. just saying yeah. that conceivably yeah. Jane being like an American could have right. wound up someplace else. But I guess because she's in love with Thor, I mean, yeah, sure. So she'll meet up with Thor whenever he dies, if he dies. I guess gods do but die. Like,
1: Odin like, what died. about Cap, for example, when you, whenever Cap dies? Well, like, you know, it would like, be very interesting. Cap was interesting. worthy to pick up Mjolnir. Yeah.
0: Right. It is interesting to think about whether or not Marvel will ever you know engage with <laughs> what about the you know marvel heroes who don't come from a specific you know cultural background that has a specific afterlife right. so yes. cuz in the logic of the marvel universe cap would go to quote unquote heaven right you think
1: yes i don't know i mean like you know yeah he's he's probably christian yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah i will reluctantly concede maybe that.
0: unitarian yeah but yeah that's right yes. yeah he's probably like unitarian you know. <laughs> one of the kind of like, yeah, I guess, sure, God. That does um, seem like Steve, yeah. Yeah. He's the, you know, he believes in social justice and whatnot. So there you go. Yeah. anyway. It was Andrew Sellba. I always like yes. to see him. Yes, on the Challenge Soldiers. Um, <laughs> can't believe it, but yes. Daryl, who was Thor's roommate in the with T.T. Thor shorts. Do you ever see those?
1: Oh, was this the short that was, like, trying to explain why Thor wasn't in Captain America? Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. where he okay. has a
0: roommate named Daryl.
1: Yes, yes, okay.
0: Daryl is in New Asgard. Oh,
1: I didn't realize he, that. He was
0: a tour guide in New Asgard. Oh,
1: good use of, okay. Okay.
0: Yes. I, I always good use. The talk about the That's, expanded universe. Yes, Daryl. Yeah. Daryl is now canon in the expanded universe. Excellent.
1: Good. Good for Daryl.
0: And <laughs> I guess we kind of covered. I did walk out of this thinking, like, why did the critics hate this? Like, this is, this is what I, I want. This is. I mean. So I have
1: We we talked about. I mean, I think there's a couple of reasons. First, there are legitimate grounds for criticism. This is a far from perfect film. Oh,
0: yeah.
1: It's kind of like a car driving on a road that veers a little too far one way and the other. Mm-hmm. I think, and, and also, again, it's not quite as good as Thor Ragnarok. But, and I don't think it would hold up well to multiple viewings. I think there are two real reasons they're upset. The first is, again, just general being pissed off at the MCUification of, like, cinema as we know it. But I think the other reason, and it's a bizarre one to me, but it's, like, this notion of... They did such a good job with the Thanos, like, plotline mm-hmm. and, like, you know, ending it with Avengers Endgame. And I think they want to see another big bad... And there hasn't been one yet. I know, like, Kang the Conqueror is supposed to be the big bad for Phase 4. But the truth is, is that most of the movies that have come out have been disjointed, not within the films themselves, but, like, in terms of, like, the larger MCU. And I have to admit, I'm a little puzzled by why the critics are so upset about that. I mean, you know, it'll be fine once they reconnect. But also, in some ways, this is, like, you know, this film actually embraces some of the goofiness that I think critics used to say, well, why doesn't the MCU go back to, like, the goofy origins? You know, like, it, it, it seems to me you're, this is a case where you're not pleasing. It's impossible to please. People.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, the thing about, you know, Marvel, <laughs> there are dissertations being written, and there mm-hmm. are dissertations that will be written for years and years and years to come. about. So
1: many dissertations.
0: So many. And I
1: will revise and resubmit your asses. <laughs> It's time nice to revise callback. and resubmit your ass. Nice, very
0: Joss Whedon-esque callback, Dan. Thank, thank you, Anna. <laughs> about what a big stamp I you know, Marvel has made in our culture. It is almost hard to remember a time before Marvel, you and I, mm-hmm. dim reaches of our memory. Yes. Probably can. But it, it still has shaped, I think, the way that I think about superhero movies. I mean, I, I mean, I, mean, yeah. yes, I had an idea about a superhero movie pre-Marvel, but it's been formed with Marvel, right?
1: Right. And also, there's a way in which you obviously don't need to do it the way Marvel does it, but it would be safe to say Marvel cracked a formula that works. Yeah. It's not the only one that has to work. There are other ways you can do it, it, but, like, it's So I think what
0: the critics are complaining about is new Coke.
1: Ah, that's interesting. Like,
0: Marvel invented Coke, basically. Mm -hmm. Like, there were plenty of other sodas before But Marvel came up with this incredibly, when it was universally popular and everything. Now they've been like, all right, now we're gonna try some new stuff. I think the the metaphor breaks down, obviously, because I think what they're doing now is like, they still have yet, they get more runway. New code, yeah. got a very limited amount of runway, done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whereas Marvel's like committed to this next flavor, right? This right. next formulation. And also the other thing is they could still get to a place where it's, they've cracked a different. One hopes they find a different code, right? Like one mm-hmm. hopes that they find yeah. a different formula that works just as well. There was a point at which it was getting almost parodyable, you know. Yeah. Like Chris Evans. Truly. It's almost a tie for best Chris. You right. know? Yes. No, actually me, I think maybe he is the best Chris. Chris Hemsworth, close second. Chris mm-hmm. Prine, actually third. Chris Pratt no longer in the running.
1: Chris Pat has, has been relegated to the second division of Chris's for yes you? he
0: okay. is he is minor league Chris. but you can only have someone be insanely laughably good mm. <laughs> for so long. <laughs> right. you know like that's his character that's what made his character funny is that he was so good and earnest, right? So I look for I don't know. they tend to hire well. MCU.
1: They do. They do usually cast well. They hire, uh, again, well, they hire good, with, di- good
0: directors. Yeah. They, I mean, Black Panther also, I think it's really, I mean, uh, Chadwick Boseman dying is tragic many, many, many ways, but he was so good.
1: Oh, he was. Yeah.
0: Like, I think that Black Panther could have, I mean, it sounds like the sequel's getting, it has some real problems happening. Yeah. And... If he had survived to make Black Panther a more a bigger character in the Marvel Universe, who knows what that would have done? But
1: true, yeah.
0: Anyway, we've prattled on enough, Dan.
1: I think we have. Yes, it's time to go back to New Asgard.
0: Time to go back to New Asgard. Uh, load up the boats. Uh, the screaming. We didn't mention the screaming goats. That's part the of my battlefield. The screaming goats were field. funny. Ex- I like the Screaming Goats. <laughs> the Screaming—I
1: think the Screaming Goats were a class. That was like a classic SNL trope of like the first time I heard it, I was like, yeah, whatever. But like by the fifth time, I was like, yeah, okay, this works. it, yeah. it, was, funny. it was funny. It was funny. It
0: was really yeah. good. And let's get back on the boat with the Screaming boats. that was a good. And Korg and Korg's
1: husband. Don't and Korg's husband. husband. Yeah. Dwayne. Yes.
0: Who? <laughs> it was pointed out to me. Is that a reference to Dwayne the Rock? The Rock.
1: Oh no. Johnson <laughs> looks kind of like him <laughs> oh that's bad of true wow okay yep yep
0: we are in the midst of hot sci-fi summer next up is Terminator that will be fun I haven't seen that in years and, years and years and years so I hope I I assume it'll hold up that's great movie I'm assuming so too. widely assumed to be truly great mm-hmm you should become a patron if you're a patron you should join the discord if you are a patron if you aren't a patron become a patron to join the discord Mm -hmm. and until next time
1: keep this channel open for more